I want you to keep your Bibles open to Nehemiah chapter 3. We'll get back to it in just a few minutes. I'm going to kind of give part of the sermon before I introduce it, but hang on. Uh, I have played a lot of sports in my day a long time ago. (laughs) I played a ton of baseball. I played some football, softball, bowling. If it was something to be played, I probably did it. Uh, when I was 17 years old, I had two pro contracts offered to me, the Kansas City Royals, Cleveland Indians. I grew up in Ohio. I grew up in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame city. And there was, it's a, a <laughs> it is a very intense area for high school and junior high and elementary sports. Uh, when you drive down the streets of Canton or Massillon by there and you were with me, they have high school athletes' pictures on the on the light posts in downtown uh, for different honors and things. And it's that way year-round down there. And I have played uh, a lot of sports. I've been on, I don't know how many, dozens and dozens and dozens of teams. I had some good teams. I had some not-so-good teams. Uh, I had good coaches. I had great coaches. And I had other coaches. Uh, We've all been there, and I've been a part of winning teams, and I've been on teams that didn't win anything. Uh, Let me say, America and our world are obsessed with sports. Super Bowl, World Cup, etc. This astounds me. Today, for one football game, Super Bowl, $17 billion, with a B dollars will be spent for one football game. $17 billion, not million, billion, just spent on one game. <clears throat> Sports has become a god in America. High schools are now playing sports on Sundays, practicing. That ought to be illegal. They have elementary travel teams, junior high travel teams. They are conditioning people. Listen to this statistic. There's 29 thousandths of 1% that your child or grandchild will end up being a professional athlete of any kind. Twenty-nine thousandths of one percent. Let me make a statement. There is a 100% chance that your child or grandchild will stand before God one day. Which is more important? Americans have bought in to the idea that sports is the best way to teach teamwork. With nearly every person in America growing up playing sports on some kind of team, why is it then that people can't get along at work? I'm fixing to cut loose. Hang on. I contend that sports does not teach teamwork. It teaches competition. Now, you're talking to somebody that bled baseballs every February. First of March, pitchers went back early for for training, and uh, 
I, I pitched, played third base, and I played other bases as well, but uh, played a lot of pitching in, in third base. And can I tell you something? I, I love baseball. To me, there's nothing more beautiful than a well-manicured baseball stadium unless it's a golf course, amen? Uh, right, Brother Larry? That I, I love the smell of a new glove and the leather. I love the, the feel of a brand-new baseball and checking out the, the stitching on it and see which stitches are raised and which aren't and which ones uh, where you're going to put the pressure points and this, that, the other thing. I get it. But sports teaches more competition than it does teamwork. We are teaching people to play, not to work. The word teamwork does not involve the word play. It involves the word work. I know in some realms that's a dirty word. America is addicted to competition. Now listen to me very carefully here. Sales and sales companies use competition, not teamwork, to motivate their employees. Schools and classrooms use competition, not teamwork, to get kids to do their work. They doing okay? Uh, if we're not going to teach, and by the way, sports, I think you can learn a very few things about teamwork but mostly it's about competition. I want you to notice that teamwork says nothing about play, it's work. Teamwork says nothing about winning. Everything in America in business is about winning, not teamwork. Everybody doing okay? Hang on. That's just the introduction. We're not even through that yet. Teamwork is defined as individuals working together as one unit. Not separate entities. Teamwork is how we're to work, not play. It's about work. It has nothing to do with greater profit margins. Teamwork is not about a bigger paycheck. It's not about more product. It has everything to do with the success of a job getting done and done correctly. You don't get a successful team of horses to pull a wagon or to pull a load by teaching them to play together. You wouldn't put workhorses in the field and say, okay, y'all go out and play and you'll learn how to pull a wagon. But that's what we're teaching Americans. Yes, sir. Somebody say amen. All right. Uh, got that coon in the tree. Here we go. You see, they're successful when they learn how to work together. You teach them to walk together. Then you put a load on them a little bit and teach them to pull that load. And then they learn to do it in stride and they're working together. And you keep adding to the load so that the work gets done. And that is exactly what teamwork is all about. By the way, <laughs> you don't get a successful team of uh, sinful humans to work together by play either. 
It's gotten by working shoulder to shoulder, day to day, day in, day out, getting the work done. Sports will teach you to compete and do whatever it takes to win or come in first place. wonder how many coaches lost their jobs, not just professionally or in college, but at every level because their team didn't make it to the finals this year. It's about winning first place, not about teamwork. I am not a fan of Nick Saban, personally. Nick Saban was the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. Personally, I don't like him, but I think he's a good coach. Okay? I don't have to like somebody to respect them. He had his worst season ever this year and resigned. He's had a couple bad seasons. Now, he's in his 70s. He's getting older. But I do respect the fact that he knew when to quit. Everybody doing okay? You see, teamwork teaches you to work with each member doing their job. Not about coming in first place. Let me use an illustration. I grew up in... Uh, East Central Ohio, uh, Northeast Ohio, depending on where you locate it from. Where I'm from, just outside of my home area, you can drive 10, 15 minutes and be an Amish country. Not the Pennsylvania Amish of up here that's all about Hollywood. Those aren't real Amish. I'm talking about the real Amish. Uh, you say, preacher. Yeah, trust me, there is a huge difference. But the Amish have what they call a barn raisin. If one of the farmers has their barn burned down or a storm blows it down, that part of the country, tornadoes rip it down. All of the Amish families and their clan will get together and uh, they'll salvage what materials they can. They bring others in and all the men get together and the older teenage boys and the younger ones and they start rebuilding a barn. While they're doing that, the ladies and the girls are all getting together making food to feed the, feed the clan that's working. And they work together, and the Amish work together by teamwork. Their goal is not to see who can get it done first. It's not to see who can get it done fanciest. It's to get it up and workable so that the man can put his crops and his animals back under the con- protection of a roof. You know, if all we do is teach teamwork by sports, then we teach people to play and compete, not work. No wonder we can't get people to work in America today. They'd rather play and compete instead of work. I'm going to make a statement here. This is going to change your life. It requires work to teach teamwork. It takes work to teach teamwork. Daniel, Marine Corps teaches teamwork. You work together. You figure it out. You succeed together. You go down together. You get punished together. You get praised together, which comes very little. What is that teamwork? They're not out there playing. They're out there working. 
my son Jeff is getting ready to fly back to California today, and he's been in pre-deployment training for about four or five weeks and getting ready to head over to Jordan. His team of eight, uh, he was telling us last night, and there's only so much he can say because of what they're doing and the sensitivity of it, but he, he was pretty pretty happy. He said, Dad, he said, Part of our, uh, this last couple of weeks has been, uh, there's a lot of army rangers and all these other special forces people. They set up a mock perimeter for a, a base and it's their job to keep, uh, and they're using terrorist tactics to get onto these bases and their job is to keep them from infiltrating and stopping them before they get to certain assets and things. That's about as far as he could go with that statement, but I understood it. To you ladies, that means they're playing hide-and-seek, and they're trying to keep them out. <laughs> Makes sense to everybody? All right. Now, uh, he made a statement to me, though. He said, Dad, my team, the, eight, the seven guys with me and myself, my team has been the first team in over 12 months in every exercise to keep these special forces people from even entering the perimeter of the mock base. He said everybody else has gotten on base at least. He said of all the exercises, we kept them off base the entire time. Amen. That gets their attention. Hang on. But you have to understand something. They've learned to work together as a team. He didn't say I kept them off. He said my team. Our team. And I thought he's got it. He's understanding the work. He's working together. They work together to make it happen. Now. Here in the book of Nehemiah, you got pre-Pentecostal training by trying to say all those names. <laughs> Sounded like Baptist speaking in tongues in here. <laughs> uh, the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 3, and I want you to notice something. It says in the last part of verse number 1, that in verse number 1 it says that they set up to rebuild the wall. And it says that this group of family members built from this part of the wall to this part of the wall. And next unto them built a different family. You say, why aren't you using those names? Are you kidding? You can't say them. Why should I try? You, uh, look at verse 2. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho. And next unto them builded Zachar, the son of Imri. Notice these are different families. But the fish gate did the sons of that Jimbo uh, build also and laid the beams thereof and set up the doors thereof and the locks thereof and the bars thereof. And next unto them uh, repaired uh, that happy fellow, Mary Mouth. Uh, and, and notice how it goes from family to family. Now look at me. They have the incredible task of going back and rebuilding the wall around the city of Jerusalem after it had been decimated and literally not one stone was left upon another 70 years before. They were taken into captivity by the Babylonians and that wall had been destroyed and laid on the ground rotting for 70 years. Imagine us bombing Hiroshima or Nagasaki and waiting 70 years to go back and rebuild it. That's what took place. And here's a bunch of ragamuffin Hebrews. They got to go in and clear the trash out 
start all over and build a wall that was big enough to carry four to six chariots shoulder to shoulder, side by side, and run horses upon 40 feet high and probably uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to 30 feet wide. That's an incredible task. By the way, they did it in 52 days. How did they do it? Each family built their part of a wall. And they built from shoulder to shoulder from this part to this part. From this part to this part. From this part to this part. And I'm not going any farther because I'm not going to go swimming this morning in the baptistry. Seven and a half weeks they built and they rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem. Nehemiah gives every family a section of the wall to build and their family is to be responsible to complete it. It was not a competition. They weren't trying to see who could get done first. Everybody doing okay? Uh, They're to work with their family and the people in their family and build their part of the wall. It wasn't a matter of who got done fastest. They were to not look at what other people were building and say, well, we can do better. No. If you had time to look at somebody else's, you weren't spending time on yours like you should. You have time to criticize somebody else, you're not concentrating on your own stuff. They weren't to complain that it's too hard. I don't know how we're going to do it. Bless God. I'm glad I had a daddy that taught me that the impossible just takes a little longer. You see, they weren't to wish they had a different, more important part of the wall to build. How would you like to be the family that had to build from this part to the dung gate? (laughs) And rebuild, by the way, you say, well, I wouldn't want that. Well, they didn't have have the dung there. Somebody's got to build it. When it comes time to haul the manure out, you better be glad somebody took the time to build it. Comes time to flush the commode, you better be glad somebody put the septic system in. Mm-hmm. You see, well, we want a prominent part of the wall. No, you build your part of the wall. You see, their family was to work as a team and do what they needed to do to get the job done. I contend to you today... That the family and the church and God are the three greatest places to learn teamwork. If parents would work their kids instead of being a Uber service and a taxi service for sports, maybe we could rear a generation of young people that knew how to work and not just compete. I said it. I'm not against sports. But if that's all you're relying on to teach your kids teamwork, you've hurt them. Everybody doing okay? We have reared a generation of people that know how to play, but not how to work. They know how to compete, but not get along on the job with somebody. 
Think of how many people you work with that played sports and how hard they are to get along with. So let me yell at you for, I mean, preach at you for a little bit here. Number one, I have four, four points today. Number one, teamwork is to learn to get the job done right, not necessarily first. You know, it's more important to get a job done right than to be the first one done. I'm going to make a statement here. You might not like it, but just write it down because there's going to be others that you're not going to like too. It's immature people that try to finish first. You know where you have the biggest problem with kids trying to get their work done first? Elementary school. They want to be done first so they can go play. They think if they get done first, they're the best. Because we've taught them to compete, not to work together as a team. Everybody doing okay? Teamwork wants to get a big job done safely and efficiently. A big job is a series of small jobs. And if everybody does the small job right, the big job takes care of itself. But too many people are wanting to get their job done first so they can yell at and criticize and complain about everybody else's work. Teamwork is so you don't have to have people tripping over each other, repeating and changing the job all the time. It's called the redundancy of government. Good night. There's so much waste in, in government because of people that have to trip over everybody else. And we have to redo it once we get it there. Try putting a permit in for a modular unit. We have to do all of the counting work for them multiple times. They have every bit of information available that we have. But we have to do it. And, and I'm not angry. It's just something. It's, it's, and <laughs> Don't you have this? Yes. Okay, then how come you didn't put that on the paperwork? Well, it, you're supposed to know this. How are we supposed to know? Never had one of these. Ask them what the process is. Well, we can tell you what our part of the process is, but this department, that department, that department, that department, that department all have their own processes, and you don't know how those processes work together. The right hand don't know what the left hand's doing, and the left foot's tripping up the right foot. And they got their head somewhere else. You all have bad minds. You see, teamwork is so that you don't have people tripping all over each other, redoing the work and changing it and uh, making it longer than is necessary. You've heard many hands make the work light. That's if it's organized and done right. Come here tonight. And in about 10 minutes, we'll push the chairs out. Get plastic down, bring tables in, have it set up because we know what we're doing. It's organized and we'll have people tripping over each other. It's called teamwork. Not team play. It's not a matter of who can get done first, but let's get it done right. Uh, Teamwork cuts down on chaos. Look how much chaos you deal with at work. Can I tell you why? Because everybody's competing. They're not working together. 
It's a matter of competition, not completing a job. (laughs) Teamwork allows everyone to focus on quality instead of how fast we get it done. By the way, when you focus on quality, you'll get more productivity. Say, well, look at Henry Ford. Yes. Do you know why Henry Ford invented the assembly line? So that he could take the price of a Model T and drive it down. You look at the history of the Model T, the first year it was sold for what it was sold for, and 10 years later, it was less than, it cost less than half 10 years later. The purpose of automating was not to replace workers with machines. It was to drive the cost of the product down so that everybody could afford it. It wasn't to make him more money. It was so everybody would want and need his product. Everybody doing okay? He knew how many, how much each part of the, of the vehicle cost to produce. He had jobs for people that had lost their left arm and could only work with a right arm and vice versa. He had people that, uh, if they lost this eye could do this job. If they lost this eye could do that job. People that didn't have legs could do this job or if they were missing one leg, they, he knew what jobs could be done on the assembly line based on their ability and those that were totally blind, those that were deaf, he knew exactly what could be done. He just wouldn't put up with the dumb. You say, why was that? Because he wanted everybody to be a part of the team. Because sports is almost the only way we try to teach people teamwork. We have nothing but competition on the job site. Folks, I've just put my fist on the problem. Good and hard today. If you'll listen to me, I can help you. Teamwork is to learn to get the job done right, not necessarily first. Number two, teamwork means you do your part of the job as you should and not worry about somebody else's part of the job. (laughs) Can I put that in redneck terms? Keep your cotton-picking nose out of everybody else's business. Uh, my wife and I work together as a team at our house, but it's not my job to find out if she's doing her job right. Amen. When it comes to dinner, okay, when are we eating? Do you need help, yes or no? Nope, that means stay out of the kitchen and wait till it's time to eat. Amen. And don't ask another question, stupid. <laughs> Say why, because you're about to put your nose where it should not be long. And there's sharp things and hot things in there that you all don't want to meet. Can I tell you something? Maybe we ought to learn to keep our nose out of everybody else's business. So, well, this is the way I would. It's not your job. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your opinion to yourself. Everybody, opinions are like noses. Everybody has one and you pick your own. If you have time to watch or inspect and criticize somebody else's work, you're not doing your job well. Plain and simple. 
if I do my work as I'm supposed to do, <laughs> that's what I've been asked and hired to do. It's not my responsibility to do somebody else's job. Brother Joe, you drive truck and you got your egg business. My job's pastor of the church, not run your business. Now, if you come ask my advice, I'll give it to you. But it's not my job to run your business. Not my job to come to you and say, you're not doing this right. No, that's your job to figure out, not mine. Everybody doing okay? Yes, say, well, is, is, is it running exactly the way? I don't know. I don't run an egg business. I know roosters don't lay eggs, so I know which gender to put out there. <laughs> and two roosters don't make chickens. Amen? amen? Somebody say amen. amen. And roosters don't get confused on which ones are the females. You see, if I do my job as I'm supposed to do it and not worry about your job and how you're supposed to do it, we're both going to be happier. When you start sticking your nose in other people's business, that's when things get hurt. Then you go from sticking your nose into it, then your tongue follows and your words follow. Mm-hmm. Or in today's world, your fingers follow and you start texting and tweeting about it. Can I help you be a happier person? Quit reading everybody else's opinions. Quit reading the reviews on everything. Do you really believe everything you read? you got problems. Well, this, this has this many reviews. You don't know enough about life they only print the positive ones and very few negative just to say they have it. and most of the positive ones have been done by one person and, and a robot Amen. Well, how am I supposed to find out call somebody that's done it got it or something and find out if you can look at it boy that's good stuff Amen. if someone before me in the process did not do their job right so that I can't do my work now. It's my job to report it to the boss and not complain about the people that did it before. Man, it's getting really quiet up here. It's not my job to complain about how stupid they are and they can't get their job done right for me. It's not my job to go around and tell everybody else in the company how stupid they are. It's not my job to have a bad attitude because they can't do their job the way that I think they should have it done. I'm just going to say it this way. It's not my job to say I could do their job better. Amen. Got that coon in a tree. It's getting really quiet in here. You say, but preacher, okay, but you don't run the company. So if whoever is in charge of the previous process didn't do their part, it's not your fault. Well, if the boss would just listen to me, when you own your own company, he will. Until then, caete lo boca. That is Spanish for shut your mouth. Teamwork 
teaches you to stay in your own lane and let leaders take care of the problems. That's their job. I worked in a machine shop, and a lot of times a part would go from one machine to the next machine to get the next part of that part machined out. Well, there's been times I was handed parts that weren't right. Boss, I think we've got a problem. Yeah, we do. They start checking parts, and the other other supervisors start coming, and there was times I'd lose an hour or two hours of work. Sometimes a whole shift of work or days worth of work. But they'd move me to another machine, and I'd start producing on another machine. It wasn't my job to complain about somebody. By the way, sometimes it's not the operator. Sometimes it was the machine. So before you think you know how to do it better than somebody else, build your own company and tell us how to do it. That was the nicest way I knew how to say that. So teamwork is to learn how to get the job done right, not necessarily first. Teamwork means you do your part of the job as you should and not worry about another person's part of the job. Number three, teamwork is for the quality of work, not for competition. It's about quality. Teamwork is to drive the price down so that more people want what you have that you're making. Not to make you more money. By the way, the old timers knew what was right. The more of it you sell at a lower price, the more profit you make. Not drive the price up so fewer people and you make all your profit on one thing. Read Henry Ford. Read Harvey Firestone for the Firestone Tire and Rubber Company. Read Andrew Carnegie for the Steel Corporations. All of them said our, our goal is to make our product available for more people. If it's only about profit, it's time to get out of the business. Read those three men and find out what three of the wealthiest, most successful people in world history said about it. Do you know there was almost 200 businesses built due to the automation of the car by Henry Ford? They had to put roads in. They had to have filling stations. You had maps. Think of all the different industries involved with steel, rubber, wood, uh, glass, textiles, electronics, everything else. There's over 200 different industries involved. They didn't build just a car. They built industries. They didn't have sales lots. Those had to be built. I could go on and on and on and on. You see... Automation was not for higher profits. It was to get more product out so more people could afford it, not to eliminate workers. You now have a government that wants to eliminate the workforce by putting computers and robots in place instead of people. It was to keep people employed, not have self-checkout at Walmart. 
Everybody doing all right? You see, uh, I think we ought to start taking the cost of uh, checkout off our Walmart bill instead of jacking the prices up. Old Sam Walton would be having a hissy fit right now. Number four. What is the best way then to learn teamwork? I'm glad you asked. Number one, a walk with God will teach you teamwork better than anything else. Let me read First John chapter 5. If you have a moment to turn there, right before the book of Revelation. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5, look at verse number 5. Let's see what the God of the universe says about teamwork. Are you ready? 1 John 5, 5. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Now watch this. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth. The Spirit... And the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. Hmm. By the way, if you have a Schofield reference Bible, Mr. Schofield's wrong when he said that uh, verse 7 and 8 are not relevant and should be removed from the scripture. Mr. Schofield needs to be removed from the name of the Bible. Just throw it in there for you. Yeah, teamwork. Get get the contrary player off the team, amen? I want you to notice something. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit work together as one. This charismaniac movement where, well, I feel led. Show me in the scripture. Because the Holy Spirit can't lead outside the pages of the word of God. No preacher should get up and say you should sell everything you have and give it to the church and live by faith. That's not in the scripture. Somebody say amen. I'm not afraid of that. God says you're supposed to tithe and give offering. How much of that is up to you? The tithe is required. The offering is up to you. But any man of God that gets up and says, well, the more money you give, the more God's going to bless you, is, is a money-sucking <laughs> dog. Uh, I'm, I'm watching myself today. I'm getting upset. You see, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son have to work together. And when we get saved, we receive the Holy Spirit into our life. He's indwelling us, and it is His Spirit that works with our spirit through the Word of God, which is Jesus Christ, so that we can work in tandem with God the Father. Amen. That is the greatest teamwork you will ever see in the universe. Amen. 
You want to know why people can't get along in the workforce? Because they're unsaved. You get a team of saved people that are spiritual working together, I'll show you a well-oiled machine. I'm not afraid to say this. You come, come, to, the, uh, come to the church someday and watch my staff work together. There's no, there's no, there's no friction. It works together like a well-oiled machine. This church runs like a well-oiled machine. You know why? We're not competing. We're working together as a team. Well, I don't think that Sunday school teacher knows as much as I do. Well, there's a reason they're there. And there's a reason you're not, and you just proved it. It's not competition, it's teamwork. Man, I'm having fun. So, the greatest team I know is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and someone who will walk with them, according to that book. You want to learn teamwork? That'll do it to you. You see, as we obey the Bible and submit to the Holy Spirit, we see God work. Churches are dying. Can I tell you why? They're trying to compete, not work in tandem with God. Churches have problems. Can I tell you why? Because they're trying to compete, not work in tandem with God. Being a church run God's way lets you see God's teamwork. That's why we're independent Baptists. I'm not part of a denomination having to listen to man how we're supposed to run the church. We'll listen to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and right there's all, all we need. Amen. I'm not part of a denomination. Key word, independent. Amen. Atlanta does not tell us what to do. Amen. Thank God. They can't even figure out what Bible to use. By the way, that's the headquarters for the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, there's another way to learn it. Home. Home is the easiest place to see a team work. Amen. We've been hosting a family just about every week in our home every Saturday night. And we, we want you to sign up for that. But I wish you could see how my wife and I work together. We'll eat. We'll take the dishes over and stack them over, on, over by the sink. Put what needs to go in the refrigerator away real quick, sit down, and we sit down and talk for the rest of the time. Whoever's there, we don't let you do dishes, and you're not going to. You can try. Ain't happening. I outrank you. <laughs> but may I say something? Before you get home, everything's done. Except Shantae, because she only lives three minutes away. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Say why? Because... I know what to do to help her. She's doing her part. I'm doing my part. I'm hosing things off, getting them ready. She's throwing stuff in the dishwasher. Then we gather up the other stuff, and we're done. Amen. You say, what is it, teamwork? Mamas and daddies, quit fussing in front of your kids. Get it fixed in private. Don't talk in front of the kids. Get it fixed in private. Show team strength. You're destroying your own leadership when you complain about your spouse in front of your kids. You got a hole in your head big enough to drive twin Mack trucks. 
Well, to shut your mouth and talk about it when nobody else is listening. Everybody doing all right? Man, I'm having fun right now. By the way, it's not a competition. God said to man, you're not complete without a wife. I'll give you a wife. Now listen to this. He gave her to complete you, not compete with you. Fellas, quit looking at her like competition. She's part of your team. Treat her like that. Everybody doing all right? Mom and dad are supposed to be in alignment with God so they can rear the kids right. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I believe that the home, the church, and the school ought to be in agreement. And you're not going to have agreement with kids in a public school that are agreeing with this church, that's for sure. That's why we started Grace Baptist Church School, so that moms and dads and church and school could all be on the same page and we could work together as a team. We're not working against you. We're trying to help you rear them the right way, as God said. Boy, that's good stuff. I got to quit. How about you decide you're going to join God's team? Just because you got saved didn't mean you're playing like a team member. Let's quit trying to compete with everybody. Well, I want this position and I want that position. That's competition. 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 Capiche. Capiche. All right. I've been around the Degos too much and uh, capiche. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Folks, you talk as much as I do, you're going to make some mistakes. Amen? Can I tell you something? How about we quit trying to compete with one another and start working together as a team? It is his spirit that works with our spirit that we might be called the sons of God. Not compete with. It's not who can have the most people saved. It's can we do it as a team? It's not who can have the biggest Sunday school class. It's are we doing our part? Are we doing okay? Amen. Uh, maybe you ought to get saved if you've not trusted Christ. If you've been saved and never baptized, let's take care of it. Get on the team. If you've been saved and baptized, join the team called the church. Be a part of it. Not just an attender, not just a spectator, but let's join it. Let's be a player. By the way, maybe we just ought to decide we're going to live by the team rules. Say, what's the rule book? Right there it is. That's the only one we use. I'm not in competition with any church. Not trying to. Don't even think about it. I just want to do it God's way and help our team be all it can be. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I wonder who would say, Preacher, I'm 100% sure. I know for sure that if I died, if I died before I put my head on the pillow, I know for sure that I'd be in heaven today. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. You can put your hands down. Who'd say, Preacher, if I died today, I don't know that, but I'd like to know it. I won't embarrass you. I won't call your name out just like I did in them. You say, Preacher, that's me. I don't know that for sure. Would you raise your hand? All right, who'd say, preacher, somewhere in that sermon, something I needed today. Would you raise your hand? Oh, my soul. Many, 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 many hands. You may put them down. In a moment, the piano play, when the piano plays, we'll stand to our feet.
When we stand to our feet, if you raised your hand saying, God touched your heart, how about you come kneel at an old-fashioned altar? Maybe some husbands and wives ought to come together and decide they're going to pull on the same team, not compete. If you've been saved and never baptized, you come. We'll help you. If you'd like to join our church, join up with the Grace Baptist team, how about you come?